Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Wednesday evening service, United Pentecostal Church. We are glad you have decided to worship with us tonight. We have a, a few announcements coming up. Uh, there's a mailbox that's set up in the foyer by the greeting table. Uh, the uh, guest this Sunday will be the last Sunday. It's the last Sunday of the month. It's for pastor appreciation. You can put your love offerings or cards, etc., in there, whatever you feel like. Uh, you need to give to him. Uh, it's always a special time to appreciate our pastor and to let him know what he's worth to us. And really, I can't let him know what he's worth to me because I ain't got that much money or that much <laughs> thought in my, my brain to let him know. But uh, the 29th, we're having a fall festival, the sign-up sheets in the foyer, and we need candy donations. There's a box in the kitchen to put the candy in. Uh, upcoming events for November, November the 3rd through the 5th is the Branson trip. That's next Thursday morning we'll be leaving. Uh, November the 6th is daylight savings time. We get to gain an hour of sleep. Uh, also, November the 6th, that's our first Sunday evening service to go back to Sunday night. So I'm excited about going back to Sunday night service. The 12th is a journey outing at the Family Life Center from 6 to 8. Uh, the 13th is a youth service. The 14th is ladies' fellowship. There's a sign-up sheet for that in the foyer. And on November the 22nd is a Tuesday night. It'll be our midweek service, the week of Thanksgiving, to let all the ladies cook for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I heard something the other day. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> You know why it's customary for women to cook in America? Because it's a law they have to feed the prisoners. <laughs> I heard that. I don't know how true that is. But I'm thankful I married a good cook. But yeah, Tuesday night is midweek service. Uh, Wednesday, we will have no service. And November the 27th is our mission pledge final. So if y'all want to stand and worship as the singers sing tonight. Are you sing. thankful that he overcame death, hell, and the grave?
may be seated. You know, everybody's always in a hurry. It seems like this life that we live in is just a hurry up. I've got to hurry up and get somewhere. Today, on my job, I was blading a gravel road. Motor grader's about 30 foot long, 12 foot tall. It's got a 14 foot blade on it. I take up the whole road. And there was a Nissan Altima coming at me as fast as, I mean, I was doing like three miles an hour. But this car, I just watched it kept coming and and they was right in the center of the road and they, they could not miss me. And I'm like, lady? I assumed it was a lady, but that's what I said. And it, and it was. <laughs> I, sometimes my mouth speaks before I think. <laughs> but I did. I, I said, lady? I said, you better get over. Uh but she, I mean, she waited till the last minute to get over in the ditch to pass me. And I thought, man, you know, just another inch and that blade would have sideswiped her or something. Yeah. And then when I was going back to the barn, uh, that blade will run 29 miles an hour. And I was going down 195. And I mean, there was cars passing me and they were passing each other as they was trying to pass me. And I thought, and no passing zones going up hills. And I'm thinking, how crazy is this world that they're in that big of a hurry to get somewhere but are they in that big of a hurry to get to heaven if something happens to them are we in that big of a hurry for us as a church to reach our united our kingdom up there where our final destination is are we in that big of a hurry and I got to thinking about these people that you know I don't know what their relationship is like with God or anything or but is people just we need to slow down out, just out there and in here. And when we're in the presence of God, I don't want to get in any hurry to where I'm ready to get out of his presence because I love being in the presence of God. I love feeling his spirit. I love having him interact with me. I know what he's done for me. I know what he can do for me. And there's nothing that he won't do if I ask him. If you, The Bible says if you ask anything in his name, it shall be done according to his will. So we have a few needs tonight. Uh, we need to pray for Sister Renee Flowers. That's Brother Flowers' wife. He's our district superintendent. She has breast cancer. She's going to be undergoing chemo. Uh, we need to pray for Jean Fortner, Alex Stevens, Loretta Edwards, Nelson and Missy Miller, Jan Dyke and Greg Lawson, Ernest Ponce, Christine Delarosa. Vicky Sias, Miller Gamberry, Lloyd Ushery, Brandon Hutchins, Bob Bolton, T.W. Hush, Lois Weems, Dennis Shannon, Billy Bolton, Brother and Sister Dickey, Monica Helm, Rex Foster, Brother and Sister Bristow, Brother and Sister Proctor. We really need to keep them lifted up in prayer. I know Sister Proctor has been on hospice for a while, but... Uh, listening to some of Brother Proctor's posts and stuff. She's ready to go home and I don't know why the Lord's tearing to keep her here, but she's still got something to do here is all I can think of. Is She's still got some life to touch. But let's keep them lifted up. Brother and Sister Billy Trinata, it's good to see them in the house tonight. Chaplain Steve Gibbs, George and Mildred Pratt, Joanne Fryer, Lori King Jenkins, John Philip Heinemann, that's Sister Ashley's youngest. Michael Barnett, Nell Fleming, Creighton Shelton, Carla Clark, 
Sean Coleman. We need to continue to pray for our local leaders, our national leaders, our state leaders with this upcoming election, just praying that God uses the voting people to put the right people in the right place. And I believe that nothing's going to happen without him, uh, without his will being done. So whatever he has done, the right person is going to be in the right place. But we do need to be praying for this upcoming election. So if you want to stand and if you have a need in your body tonight, uh, we'll anoint you with oil if you want to walk down to the front. And if you have an unspoken need, just lift your hand. But Lord, we're thankful for this evening, God. I plead the blood of Jesus over every name that was read tonight, God. I pray for Miller Gambury tonight, God, that you would touch that young child's life, God. Touch the men in white tonight, God. Give them a freedom over there tonight, Jesus. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus. Touch our, ch our pastor tonight, oh God. Keep them safe as they travel upon their journey tonight, God. Lift them up.
praise God. Just being in the presence of the Lord. We're going to ask our ushers to come tonight. Uh, take up our Wednesday evening offering. And as soon as the offering is taken up and the song is finished, we're going to have Brother Jerry Newberry. What he's got going on tonight. So, uh, so, Lord, we're thankful for this evening, Lord. I pray that you would bless this offering tonight. I pray that you would bless those that have to give. I pray that you would bless those that don't, do not have to give. God, I just pray that you would bless this offering to the furtherance of your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Worship the King. Worship the King. We It'll be uh, good, what I have. I hope it is. 
I hope it's not bad. But I tell you what, we'll compromise. I'll tell you it'll be different. And we'll just compromise. Uh, I've got my laptop. It don't have any batteries. You just have to add a few pages every now and then. But hopefully it's full of the Word of God. Now that I've got your attention, that you've read this wall without me even saying anything about what I'm going to talk about, the three best secrets between you and God, I know that's got your mind turning right now. There's no doubt that you're wondering, what in the world could it be for a secret? Webster describes sacred as a hidden, concealed, private, unseen, something hidden or not to be revealed. It's a mystery. How many of you like a secret? Or surprises? Can all of you keep a secret? (laughs) I'm going to share something. Y'all can be seated, by the way. Y'all can be seated. Uh, I don't want to embarrass her, but I know Lily, when she was younger, she's a little older now. She was like six, seven, eight years old. Every time our family would have something, and it was, you know, like all families that have surprise birthday parties and different things that they'd get together, I'd tell Lily, I'd say, she said, don't tell me, don't tell me, I can't keep a secret, don't tell me, I don't want to know. I do not want to know because I cannot keep a secret. Most, some of them, the others couldn't either, but she was probably the one that, that just, she just flat tell me, do not tell me anything about it because I'll tell it. I, I love secrets and I'm going to tell it. <clears throat> one on me is my wife gave me a 50th birthday party when, when I turned 50. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. Because, you know, it it wasn't just a surprise party. I mean, she went all out. Some of you were there. I mean, she spent so much. She spent $1,000 on the meal to feed y'all, the ones that came. It shows barbecue. Now, she said, well, you got everything you need and everything you want. What else could I get? I mean, it. Even Sister Jessie Bolton, she said, I've never been to nothing this fun. Of course, Sister Jessie got to eat its meal, too, and we paid for it. So <laughs> I've always kidded her about that. And Brother Ronnie, you know that's a private joke. Anyway, she gave me this party, got everybody to come. They kinda, I kind of started figuring out, but I had no idea it was going to be the magnitude of a party it was because, I mean, they made a video. They, I mean, it was like, just a great old big surprise. And I'll never forget you doing that for me. I'll never forget it. But some secrets that are good and some that are wonderful to know, there's also bad secrets. And, and some are bad. And we don't like that. There's a fine line between a secret and gossip. I'm going to kind of get a little base here, and then I'll move on in to the rest of this. 
God knows the difference between the secret and gossip. Believe me, he knows. He knows when you're just sharing a secret and having a good time, and he knows when, when it's gossip. The enemy also knows the difference in gossip and a secret, or just anything like that. The problem with us humans, sometimes we don't know where the line is that we cross. We're just human, and we realize, well, I shouldn't have said that. I, I, sometimes I just, you just go across the line, and he'll tap us on the shoulder, hopefully. Maybe we even got to go back and talk to somebody and say, hey, man, I'm sorry I said that. Remember several months ago, Brother Jeff mentioned it. He said about the fishing message I gave, about comparing it to the Word of God. You remember the black line on your, on your fishing line? You have to know where you're at. Bill knows about that. You got to know how deep to fish. You got to know how shallow to fish. You got to know where the fish is at if you're going to put it in the cooler. So, your spiritual line is also compared to that. God knows where your spiritual line's at. The enemy knows where your spiritual line's at. And you're supposed to know where it's at. Sometimes we we lose that. But it, it, it's, it's just, you got to know where you're at. But the enemy, back to what I was talking about, the enemy loves for us to cross that line about secrets or gossip. Which one is it? What should I talk about? And before I go any further tonight, I'm not here to pastor. I'll leave that to Brother Meyer. Brother Meyer, if you're watching online and you watch this, anything I mess up tonight and get out of whack, you can straighten it up when you get back from Mississippi. I believe that's the exact words of Brother Seth Williams a few weeks ago. He said, I'm going to go ahead and say what I feel in the Holy Ghost, and if it wasn't right, you straighten it out when I leave, and I'll get in my camper and I'll go back down south. Well, that's the way I, I'm kind of leaving it up right now. If, I, if something I feel like you feel like I've got crazy on, Brother Meyer straighten me out. I remember Brother Byer commenting one time, and this has always stuck with me, on secrets and gossip. He said, this person said, this is a quote, I probably shouldn't say this, but... Then Brother Meyer said, then don't say it. Just don't say it. If you shouldn't say it, don't say it. Because if you can't handle what you're fixing to tell me, I probably can't handle it either. I'll never forget that statement. He said it right here where I'm standing. If you're going to share something with me about a brother or a sister or whoever, and you don't really think you ought to say it, and you can't handle it, don't tell me. I don't want to carry it around in my head. Because then I'm going to go home. It's just like worship. Some of us can't worship sometimes because of something we've said, seen, or done. So be careful about secrets. Be careful about crossing the line of where you're going. You know, we blame the devil on all this stuff. And a lot of times it's just, it's just our stinking flesh. It's not the devil. He gets a lot of blame for a lot of stuff he don't really do. 
And, you know, it's just us. It's me. And I want to mention something else, too. God gave me what I'm fixing to talk about and already talked about to me first. So this message hit me first on the three subject, three things I'm going to talk about. And I'm just going to share it with y'all. So don't think I'm trying to get somebody in the crowd or online or wherever that I'm talking to. I'm talking to me. Anyway, y'all have read the board for the wall. The first, brother, you can get those scriptures. Uh, Matthew 6, 1 through 4. And we'll go through them. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, give money or whatever, let not thy left hand know what the right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret Himself shall reward thee openly. So the first secret is going to be about giving. Giving is the first secret that I'm going to... So what do we give? It's not just money. A lot of people get that. You know, that's the first thing we think about. Uh, You know, it's not just money. It can be time, health, yourself, your life. God said, give, give, it, give yourself to me. Because you will never get what, we get what we call caught up in this life. There is no such thing as getting caught up. We all know that. That never happens to anyone. The Lord said in Luke 19 and 13, Occupy till I come. That means be busy while you're down here. Don't be lazy. Give me your time while you're here. He said, occupy till I come. Matthew 22, verses 4 and 5 at the marriage feast. It talks about, I won't take the time to get all the way over there. It talks about, take time to my kingdom. But one of the servants had to take care of his possessions, his house. He took care of his house. Another one says he took care of his merchandise or stuff. Don't have no time for God. So when I'm talking about giving in that first secret, it's not nothing about a bunch of money. There's a whole lot of other stuff that we have to give. I'll visit when I get time. When I get some extra money, then I'll give. You know, it talks about in Acts 24 and 25 when Felix came to Paul. If you'll read that scripture, it'll say Felix trembled. But when I have a more convenient season, in other words, when I got time on my schedule, I'll, I'll come listen to this 
Glory to God, you're feeding me. Only on my time. When, when it's, there's nothing convenient that's worth having. I mean, you know, when you, if it's going to be easy, you're, just, you're really not sacrificing anything. So, there's no such thing as getting caught up to do these things. It's just like the money. We give 10% to God. That's not giving. That's God's already. He talks about it in the tithings. You're actually robbing God if you're not paying. Giving his offerings, your time, your extra stuff. You, you just I guarantee you, if you'll just take that 90%, God will make sure you make it. But if you try to take all of it, you'll starve to death. You'll have more trouble than you've ever thought you'd have. You just can't. I had one guy tell me from this church, he's not here anymore, he said he tried that. He wouldn't pay his tithes. He said he liked to have starved to death. Well, he figured it out. I better go back. When you, I don't care where you're at sitting around the table, wherever you do your business, uh, if it's in front of your computer, wherever you're at, the very first thing to do, if you get paid by the month, the week, every two weeks, the very first thing you do in that checkbook is you put God's mount down what it was. And then worry about all the rest of it. Don't say, well, I don't have nothing left over. No, it don't work that way. He'll make sure you have enough. He will make more than sure. When, and after you give yourself to God, the, fir- the very first thing you do when you come to God, I know this happened to me in my testimony. I, didn't know, I knew there was a God, but I didn't know God. I didn't know anything about God. I seen people in this church shout and pray and do everything and do all that a Christian does. But I didn't know God. I didn't have, my mind was not focused on all that. I just knew of a God. I knew it was real. I knew it was there. But I didn't have a clue what he done or what he was for. And when you come to God, the very first thing you do to give, when it's talking about giving yourself totally, and that means that does mean money, but that does mean time and everything else. You have to do that first. You have to give yourself. You have to give yourself emotionally. You have to give yourself in every way. And then you give back to others of what you learned. And that's why giving works. To give is also associated with love. It's really... People ain't going to give that don't have no love in their heart. They're just not going to do it. I want to go to 1 Corinthians verse 13. No, excuse me, chapter 13. I do want to take time to read this one. Because it talks about what is really going to be all about. Though I speak with tongues of men and though of angels and have not charity, which is love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And 
And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. In other words, if I just help everybody, give everything, to, and I don't have love. And though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profit me nothing. There's several scriptures on giving. I'm, I'm just going to go down. I'm not going to read them. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7 says, a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. Mark says, give to the poor. Proverbs 28 and 7 says, He that gives to the poor shall not lack, but if you turn your eyes, you shall not have, you, you shall have many a curse. Well, when you turn your eyes, you turn your head. That's, that's ignoring a need that you see somebody's got. It, it says, I don't think everybody's really, it says you shall have many a curse. And that'll come back on if you turn people down. So, Giving has a lot. It says, Luke 6 and 38 says, Give and it shall be running over. Acts 20, 35 says, Better to give than receive. Exodus 25 and 2 says, Give willingly. You got to give willingly with your heart. And Proverbs 21 and 26 says, Don't be greedy. The righteous giveth and spare not. In other words, they don't worry about it. Maybe they give too much, but they go ahead and give it anyway. So if you give in secret, the scripture said you would be rewarded openly. The second secret, let's go to Matthew 6 and 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray unto the, the, the Father, which in secret is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye even ask. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which is in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So the second secret that you do alone with God is prayer. And I'm going to try to cover some things on this uh, as we go. I don't want to go too fast that I'm that I miss some things that I want to point out. You give yourself, your time, your money, your emotions. So if you're not going to give anything, you're sure not going to pray. So you, you see how powerful giving is? You got to have a giving heart. You got to have a loving heart or you're sure not going to pray. But if we do give and we do pray, who do we, who do we pray to? Or pray for. And I, there was ten things I thought we should pray for. Pray to God first. 
and get some communication going with you and him. Remember a while ago I said I knew of a God, but I didn't know him? Well, so I got to start getting on it. You know, I got to get it on the same page he's on now. If I'm coming to this altar and I'm going to repent and I'm going to turn my life around, then I, I need some communication because I'm going to need a whole lot more every day I go. <laughs> Isn't that right, Brother Jeff? You're going to need a lot of information. What do I do next? Because it ain't about 30 minutes when you walk out of this church, you got another problem. <laughs> and I, I mean, it's quick. And it happens every day. So the first, the first thing you do is you pray to God. The point is here, if, if you're not even praying for yourself, well, let me back up there. The second thing is pray for yourself. Pray to God. Number two, pray to yourself. Sounds selfish, doesn't it? First thing I'm going to pray for is myself. But here's how it works. If you don't even, uh, if you're not even praying for yourself, you're not connected to God with him, you're not going to do any, anybody else any good either. So you need to pray for yourself and get ready to help pray for somebody else. So you pray to God, you pray to yourself. And number, number three is pray for forgiveness. If you can't even forgive yourself, there's, you know, there's people, we, we, we bait ourselves up. I told my wife today, I said, we're our own worst enemy. If you can't forgive yourself, and some things we have a hard time doing it, you sure ain't going to forgive others. So you got to get yourself straightened out first. You forgive yourself, then you forgive others. Matthew 6 and 14 and 15 says, If you do not forgive others, your Father will not forgive you. What I just read. So don't judge others and don't hold grudges. Matthew 7, 1 through 2 says, Judge not that you be not judged. So you have to be careful with that. I didn't vote for Biden. I voted for Trump. That was my choice and my opinion and mine alone. But I can't judge Biden. You see where I'm going? I can't, I can't, you know, it's like the old saying, don't judge the man in office until you sit behind his desk. It's no different with Brother Meyer up here. We get frustrated. We're all human. Well, you, you know, we get aggravated. He gets aggravated at us, I'm sure. Well, sometimes some of us get, you know, like, well, what, what are we doing that for? But you go counsel with about 150 families and let them call you in the middle of the night and do this and that, and then you might look at his office a little different. Just like Biden. I don't, I don't agree with the way he's handling it. I voted the other way. Matter of fact, I voted today. But you still can't judge people like that. Because you'll be judged if you do. You can have your opinion. And, and you all know what that's worth. It ain't much. So it's kind of like. Coaches, we want to criticize them on one play or one thing they do. Uh, but we're not the ones out there with that team for seven days a week, 10 and 12 hours a day practice. He knows those men or boys, whatever they're coaching. But we go to one game and we talk about how stupid they are 
and ignorant, and my wife will vouch, I'm probably one of them, and uh, that, 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 was a, that was a stupid call. But I didn't coach those boys all day long and, and, and spend all that time. And they know what they're capable of, and, and I don't. So I'm just using that as we've got to be careful how we, you know, we need forgiveness, whether it be for yourself, your spouse, or whoever. Number four, pray for your pastor. Hebrews 13 and 17, he watches over our soul. So your soul's going to live forever. Your body's going to die. Just like we've had several of our saints move on and gone. But they worked on their soul with Brother Meyer in their own personal walk with God. Number five is pray for your spouse. You need them as much as they need you. Except for God, they will be closer to you than anyone else. Genesis 2 and 24 says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So you're both basically one spirit. Y'all share stuff with each other, uh, just like I was talking about forgiveness. There's things you'll probably... I'm going to go ahead and say this in the Holy Ghost. You'll probably hurt your spouse more than you hurt other people because you're so close. There's things, I've talked about secrets. There's things you say to your spouse. There's things that I, I'll just be transparent. There's things that I've said to my wife that I wish I'd never said. Can I take it back? No, but I can ask for forgiveness. There's things I'm sure she has shared with me and told me things I wish she had never told me. That's just the way we are. But your spouse, other than God, will probably be closer to you than anyone. So you need to pray for your spouse. Pray for your kids, grandkids. Show and teach them the word of God. Proverbs 22 and 6, we all know this verse. If you'll train them up when they're young, they'll know how to do when they're old. But when they get older, and this is when you really get on your knees, when they get older, and I know some of them can hear me right now. When they're little, you can put a Band-Aid on it. One of Susie's sisters gave this illustration to us years ago. You can put a Band-Aid on it when they go down there and fall down them steps, skin that knee up, pat them on the back and hug them, let them sit in your lap. But when they get about 15, 16, 17, 21, and they get older, they're going to do what they want to. You can believe God, you can go give all yourself. You can pray. You can do whatever you can and say, God, what do I do next? These kids are driving me crazy. Uh, just back up. And they're going to do what they want to anyway. When I'm talking about at that age. And let them go. Do you want to? No, no. You want to run their life. And our kids don't want us to do that. And you know how you were. I know how I was. Me and my wife were outlaws. I kept my mama on her knees. Didn't I, Kathy? I did. But my mama kept on. And I'm going to get to some more stuff here in a minute where she comes in. So you pray for your kids. Uh, you just have to handle it the best way you know how when, as, you, as you go to one thing to the next. Number seven, pray for your family, your mother, your brother, your sister. Tell them their prayers and the Tell them that their prayers in the past is what helps you get through some bad times. That will encourage them 
and make a difference. What you made a difference in my life. It will strengthen them also. Number eight, distant family. I'm talking about aunts, uncles, cousins, in-laws, outlaws, nieces, nephews, everybody like that. You've got you to pray for them too because I'm going to tell you something. They're watching you a lot more than you think they are. Every move. Especially if you're professing to be a Christian. They're watching every move you make. So you have to pray for your distant family. Pray for your neighbors. Oh, Benny. And friends at work, they depend on your prayers also. Some of their friends, it will let, your, it will let their friends know you care about somebody besides even people you don't know. You know what I'm saying? You, you got to pray for those kind of people too. And last but not least, pray for your city, your county. We do that nearly every prayer request. Pray for your country. Because number one, it's going to make it a better place for us. If they get a hold of that. And if there's ever a time that people need to get a hold of God, it's now. So one last thing on prayer I want to bring up. Which is the second secret. And I'm going to... Prayer and praise are totally different at times. They're totally different. So I don't want to confuse anybody in here. Praise is mostly not done in secret, as y'all know, around a Pentecostal church. That is, that's a no-brainer. Uh, praise means admiration, expressed honor, God in song, to commend. You know, you lift somebody. We praise God. He says he inhabits the praises of his people. So prayer, your time, and it's okay to pray out loud. I want to I talk about that too. But most prayer is done alone in secret, something that's really bothering you. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. When you really got to get right in there with God, like, God, I don't know if I can get up tomorrow. You got to answer this prayer. You don't come in here and pray that in here. Something that's really you got to need. You're going to do it in secret. And you keep doing that. Does it get answered at first? No, it may not. Some prayers take years. Some prayers take a long time. Some are answered that day. But most of them are done in secret. And when you do that in secret, the Lord will eventually open it up. And it will right before your eyes in front of other people. It will be answered. So don't get prayer and praise confused. Okay, let's go to the third secret. And this is a rough one. Let's go to Matthew 6, 16 and 8. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. That means don't go around with a long face when you're doing it. For you... For they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face. In other words, just go around people just like you normally do. Look the same. Don't say, oh God, I ain't eat in three days. Just go ahead and look normal. 
I know it ain't easy. The fasting's hard. But thou that appeared unto men to fast, thou father's secret, thy, but unto thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. That's the third secret between you and God. You know when you fast, and you know when you don't. And I'm, I'm going to say this right here. See, uh, the definition of fasting is a abstinence from food, a religious mortification. That means part of you dead, part of you alive. By abstinence, fasting. So we don't go around with a long face when you fast. You just pray to God, fast, back off the table, and work on the problem you got. That, that's a, it's really simple. Have your own fast time in secret about different things and your father will reward you openly in front of others. In the scripture it says some of these things cannot be done without prayer and fasting. Matthew 17 and 21. Jesus healed this devil possessed boy. His disciples tried but they could not heal the boy. And they asked Jesus well, how come, how come we couldn't do it? Come up here, Cody. This is why I know, I know by watching my mother's life, for one, that fasting works. But in this setting, these disciples tried to cast this devil out of this boy. And, and here's, what, here's what I think they're thinking. Hey, man, you're going to be Jesus just, just a minute. What's the deal? We tried to do this. Man, we were the first 12 that you called. We fought. We, we give up everything and followed you. And what we are doing is not working. And you said it would. How come, how come we couldn't do it? Man, we're the 18. You know, we're the first 12. And Jesus tells them, because of your unbelief, and then he goes a little bit further. And this is where the modern day church is failing. He says, these things, the reason y'all couldn't cast him out is because, number one, like I said, unbelief. It takes both prayer and fasting. Some other Bible uh, other scriptures, not the King James Version. If you'll notice, when you read it, they'll leave the word fasting out. That's one reason I like to stay with King James. Because if you compare, that's okay. I've, I've, I've done that with other Bibles, and, and it's okay to do that. Thank you, bud. But th these disciples, they thought, you know, we're tops. We're, we're the eighteen. We're the first 12 you drug out starting this thing, and we can't even do what you're trying to get us to do. And he told them their problem. He said, you're going to have to, you're going to, have, to have more faith. You're going to have to believe a little bit better than what you're believing. Just like when Peter went down in the water and he didn't stay on top of the water. He took his eyes off Jesus. You're going to have to kill this flesh. And the only way that I know you can kill flesh other than praying is you back off that table. And you go in there in secret and do it. 
You don't tell somebody, hey, man, you know, I will share this with you. Brother Philip Taylor, me and him used to talk to each other. It does help to have a partner in fasting. He'll say, hey, man, I got this situation. It's really bad. My family's going through bad stuff. Would you fast with me? You know, people will pray with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, help them. Yeah, five minutes. You back off that table about two days, buddy. That's when you get some help. You get some real help when you got somebody that won't eat. I watched my mother do it for years while we ate. But I'm telling you, the third most powerful secret between you and God will be fasting. It took both. It's like it's like deep cleaning a house. You know, you get company coming over, and you know they're coming over, but you only have just a very little time. Boy, you go to throwing stuff everywhere. You sweep this up. You chunk it. You hide it. You don't clean it up. You hide it. You put it away, and you, you get rid of it. Because company's going to be here. But when you pray and fast, you ain't just doing a little routine cleaning deal. You're backing off that food. And you're getting serious. You're cleaning stuff out of you and your spirit. And you're totally communicating with God. You're thinking. And you're praying. And that fasting is like a maintenance program. A lot of people don't think fasting is still necessary for this day and time. They think they say it's in the Old Testament days and 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 it's not time to fast. But it's in the New Testament. The story I just told you is in the New Testament. What are you going to do with that? That's the Word of God. Fasting is in the New Testament. It works. It will kill the flesh. And it will remove demon spirits. And that's why we need fasting. So I challenge you to fast in in secret. You don't have to tell nobody you're doing it. It is good to have me and Brother Philip. I said, hey, man. He said, he's come up to me before and said, hey, man, I got got this situation. And some of it was prison ministry. Some of it was other stuff. He said, if you'll fast Tuesday, I'll fast Monday. I said, okay. And we've done that off and on the years together and it helped me and I, I just cherish every time I think back when I done it because it helped me not just for the problem that we was praying about it will tune you up it will help you do other things that you cannot get to God told those disciples that followed him you couldn't do it without both prayer and fasting that's a big difference than just prayer I seen my mom go without meals and didn't complain about it. She fixed me and my sister meals and ate, and we ate, and she didn't. I seen it come to pass, and she was rewarded openly. You know why? I know I seen some of them prayers answered, and she was rewarded open because I'm one of them. You remember a while ago when I said me and my wife was outlaws? 
that was real. And my mother still prayed, still fasted. And I'm going to say this in the Holy Ghost. I mean, no disrespect to my dad. But when he come home sometimes, we didn't always know what kind of shape he is going to be in. Because he, he was an alcoholic. So, my mother kept praying, kept fasting. And there was a day finally came that my daddy give all that stuff up and came to God. And, and told her he was sorry for all the things, the stuff he put her through. But she kept praying in secret, giving in secret, giving her life to me and, and, and my sister, and fasted while we ate. And eventually, it was rewarded open. So the three best secrets that you'll ever know between you and God is giving, praying, and fasting. Nobody has to know any of those three things but you. And you can go through life and you can absolutely, I'm talking about run some devils off. Just like in the, in the New Testament it talked about. Uh, I'd like the musicians to come. While they're coming, I'm going to share a couple of things with you. I asked the Lord when he gave me this about two years ago. I said, Lord, why did you put the three things that's so secret in the order that you put them? You can ask my wife. I'm, I'm, I was a machinist. I'm very particular detailed. You know, we worked, we cut metal in thousands, two-tenths of a thousand. That's four decimal points. So I asked the Lord, so why, why did you put the giving, then the praying, and then the fasting? And this is the thought that he gave me. The first secret he listed was on giving. So if you don't give at all and everything to him, there's no need to pray. You just forget that, which is the second thing you do in a secret. And there is no need to fast if you're not giving first and praying second. But if your whole heart and you do the first two, then you will understand why you're fasting. One thing, it works. And there's not just one place in the Bible that it talks about fasting. It says in Psalms 35 and 13, he humbled, it humbled my soul. Matthew 17 and 20, that's it's talking about uh, when the disciples couldn't cast out the devil out of the boy. In Mark, it repeats it again. 1 Corinthians 7 and 5 says, Give yourselves to fasting and prayer, said Paul. He wrote half the New Testament. So Paul told us to fast. I know it's, this is a very old-fashioned subject. And a lot of churches and a lot of people say it's useless. Well, look what kind of shape we're in in this world. How come there are so many demons and spirits? They couldn't cast the devil out in Matthew 
because of prayer and fasting. It didn't just say prayer. So if we're going to get on board here, you're going to have to back off that table. I'm just as guilty as anybody in here. I'm going to do my best, and I promise you to this church, I'm going to do more fasting and try to do more than I've ever done for my family, for you, because we're fixing to get a hold of some spirits. There's spirits out there that I never even knew existed when I was a teenager, but they're here now. There's people acting ungodly and going, it says they will be without natural affection. Men will be lovers of men. I'm just telling you, in the Holy Ghost, it's going to take prayer and fasting. If you want the same old thing, just keep eating. Because that's what we're going to get. And we're going to get more of it. I feel this in the Holy Ghost Church. Mm. I'm going to give you a recipe to kick a devil anywhere you won't kick him. And this is the way you do it in your life. If you've got a devil in your life, here's the way you get rid of it. You give everything you've got in secret to God. And in first part of, in Matthew 6, you give it all. I'm talking about money. I'm talking about time. I'm talking about everything. Emotions. Just the list goes on. Second thing you do is you pray a fervent prayer, like it said in James. I ain't talking about no lay me down to sleep. I'm talking about a fervent prayer in secret to God. It's okay to get out here and shout with everybody else when we have service. We need that. It encourages the rest of us. But I'm telling you, that secret thing is a powerful thing. You see what it says in Matthew. You do it in secret, I'll put you on the spotlight. You do it in secret, you pray, I'll put you in the spotlight. You do it in that fast, you back off that table, I'll make that prayer come through, and you'll be in the spotlight. And the third thing you do in that recipe is you fast in secret the most you can. I know we can't all, some of us on medication and all that kind of stuff. The devil got all kinds of reasons to make you not fast. Don't you understand he don't want you to fast? Because you can kick him and you know, you know, he can, you can kick him out. That's the why he don't want you to. <laughs> Think about it. The reason it'll work, you will not only kick him out, he will want to go somewhere else. Remember the story about the pigs and the swine? They got rid of that. They got rid of all that. There was many of them. Said they run into about like 2,000 pigs on that hill run off the cliff. Because they told you, don't torment us. So he run them off. I hope I've helped somebody here tonight.
we stand. I know this has been different. This ain't been no shouting, clapping your hands, and running aisles and all that stuff, but I didn't come up here tonight to do that. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to tell you, God showed me in my own life, man, there's only three secrets you need to know. You give what you got. I ain't expecting you to give your whole paycheck. I ain't expecting you to give all your day. You can still go fishing. You can still go do a lot of other stuff. But you better give me your time first. You better give me your stuff first. And you better give me, you know, what's mine. And you better pray. And if you want to be powerful, you can pray. But if you want to really add, I've thought about this. You know, when you get sick and you get a disease, they want to give you a vaccine. They give you two shots or three shots, and you get it. Man, you're better, and you feel better. And then what do they give you later? What do they call it, Jeff? A booster. You know what fasting is? Fasting is an oversized booster. That'll get you right on through everything. You can pray and coast. That's all you're going to do is coast. We got to kill flesh. And I got to kill mine. You got to kill yours. So I'm just going to close with you talk to God in secret. I don't even want anybody to come in front unless you really want to. It's all about you and Him in secret. So you can stay right back there in secret. And you know what the secret is, where you need to go, what you need to rev up, what you need to tune up in. You know the three areas. Where do I need to go? And think about it. Because I guarantee you, it's, 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 it's woke me up. Because I have been lacking in that last one. I love all y'all, and I'm not trying to get on nobody. I'm just telling you what the recipe to kick devils out is what I just read you. You can go back to the Bible, and you can look at his own disciples, the the A team, so but you know, I, I just called them A team because it's persons. They couldn't even do it. And he told them why. I don't know how that story would have been if they uh if they'd have been praying and fasting and they had a little more faith. He probably had wouldn't have had to have a team meeting with them. <laughs> they they didn't know they, they you know they was ready. I love y'all and appreciate y'all. I'm just going to pray and we'll be dismissed. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would help us in this last day and hour. I pray, God, that you would help us to understand the strength in the secrets. All three of them. Help us, God to understand the power when we put those three together. It's like when you said when two or three are gathered and pray in your name. Anything asked, it shall be given. But I pray, God, that we could take this and try to learn from it and strengthen and be the strongest warriors that we can be. Because I know in this last day, it's going to take end-time soldier to get through it. I pray, God, in Jesus' name, 
as I dismiss this congregation tonight. Thank you. you